4: I want to have them answered immediately, or just want to learn about all things automotive.
2: Hey, how exactly does the positive track we're in on the
6: Plymouth work?
3: It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ five sixty, the source.
5: All right, good morning, everybody. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. We just did Fix It Radio. Thanks everybody for listening to us. Paul Lewenberger with me today from. American National Insurance. We're going to get into some car insurance stuff here in a moment as well. Jeff Corwin with me as well. JC's British and 4x4. Good morning. morning, guys. How we doing? Good. How are you doing? I know Paul's good. <laughs> Jeff, good? It's a good day.
7: It's nice Actually, sunny. not bad. Things are melting and uh, clearing up out there.
5: We'll take it. All right. Question of the day. I'll as as we well get this fired off here, I'll ask you. Know, whoever, you two guys can chime in if you want. I don't know why I picked this one. I guess just this is me. What car, truck, or otherwise... Do you hate seeing, as you're driving, you hate seeing either in front of you or behind you? 303-477-5600. I don't
7: know. That's a good one. Which I, ones? I definitely don't want to see a semi behind me. If, it's, if I can't see either side of his, of his headlights, he's way too close.
8: That was, was, <laughs> was going to be mine, right? That's
7: one of mine right there. So that's one.
5: Okay, so that's behind you. What about in front of you? What don't you like seeing in front of you? Dump trucks.
8: I don't know what's, behind, what's inside what's of the oh, off. Yeah. Have
7: stuff fly out. Yeah, that would be bad.
8: Yeah, that's a good one. And,
7: and the slow person in the fast lane. Oh, yeah.
5: thank you, Jeff. <laughs> the slow brew or the uh, slacoma that ends up in that. Sorry, Tacoma owners. But yeah, real quick, just I got to say it. And I love all you Tacoma. I love all you car owners. You're all great. I love Tacoma owners, too. But there's something about Tacoma owners where they think the truck is a lot more powerful than it is. And let me give you a little tip. It's not. Unless you supercharge that thing some way, somehow, it is one of the most underpowered, gutless wonders on the planet. And I'm saying that as nice as I possibly can, but it's... By the way, the reason I don't own one—I love the truck. They're reliable. Jeff knows this. Working on them, they're great. They'll run forever. But they are one of the most gutless wonders on the planet.
8: Well, they run forever because they don't go anywhere—not
5: <laughs> very fast. But so I, I, when I see a Tacoma in the left lane, especially heading up the pass, it's almost like, pal, if only, if only. If only you had enough power to be in the left lane, that'd be great. But you don't. Get out. Get out of the left lane. Uh, Move over. At
7: least every new car manufacturer has definitely, I mean, over the last decade, at at the very least, everything's got way more power than it used to. That is true. Good point there. Because I will say, being the Rover guy, they were historically... (sighs) <sighs> Unbelievably slow and painful to drive up the passes, and now of course all the new stuff—superchargers, turbochargers, way combination better. supercharged with turbocharged. Yep, they they move.
5: Yep, no, it's way better than it used to be. Although there are still some of those what I call, you know, slower cars even on the road today, and I drive some occasionally. I mean, I drive a lot of new cars, so uh, occasionally you'll hop in one where it's just like you—you know—you feel like you're putting a dent in the floorboard because you're wanting to push that pedal down even further, and it just ain't moving it ain't going. Yeah. Now, to Jeff's point, that's not all cars. A lot of them actually work pretty well. But all right, we're going to get into some insurance stuff today as well. If you got a question specifically Jeff or Paul either one, uh, Jeff more on the off-road, four-wheel drive, Rover, you name it though. We can answer pretty much anything. Call us, we'll get your questions answered. 303-477-5600. Or on the insurance side. Every time Paul's on, we get a lot of great insurance questions on just, you know, how do I do what uh, there's a few things that are in my list today that I want to get handled, and I guess to start with, let's just since we had the big fire, everybody knows we had the big fire up mm-hmm. in the Boulder area. We talked about that on Fix It Radio a moment ago. If your car is in the garage, and the house burns down, car coverage handling that? Yes. No homeowners is handling nope. that? Nope. Okay.
8: Even if you don't have it insured, still no homeowners. Okay, so if whatever's on
5: the car is what's on the car, whatever's on the house is on the house. They're not interchangeable. Correct. What about contents
8: in the car? Homeowners, unless it's factory installed. So if you had your laptop, skis, snowboard, okay. that stuff's always under homeowners. That's why I always preach to everybody that you need renter's insurance if you're not owning anything because if your car is broken into tip. and your laptop and your skis are stolen, that's not covered under the car insurance, renter's insurance.
5: Good. That's a good tip. I don't think most people know that, by no. the way. It happens all the most time. Most people are thinking their car insurance is picking up for those stolen items.
8: Stereo, that kind of stuff. So if it's
5: attached. Car insurance. Okay. Now what about, getting a little more technical here, even with Jeff being here, roof racks. Since they're kind of attached, kind of not, where do they come into play? Car Car insurance. Car insurance. Okay.
8: Lift kits. I mean, all that stuff that's installed and bolted in, car insurance. Okay.
5: But if it's sitting on the seat. Renter's insurance or home insurance. Okay. With whatever deductibles would apply to whatever you've got on that policy, right?
8: And see, with Ampac, we do common cause a loss deductible. so if somebody broke your window, broke your back window out, got in there and stole everything, it'd be one claim because you'd pay the homeowner's deductible to cover the stuff stolen, but then you wouldn't have a car deductible to fix the car.
5: Or in the case of the total fire, it's one deductible because everything was a loss. Correct. You're not paying it on multiple cars and the home you're just paying it on a one-time yeah, basis. yes so if you had
8: an outbuilding okay. in the boat and the trailer okay and the cars were all damaged in the fire you'd pay the house deductible and then the, all the other deductibles get away with you
5: guys it's correct but a lot of companies each one of those is its own separate claim right yep
8: like or- I, had a, I had a guy a couple of years ago that had nine rental properties damaged in hail, three thousand dollar deductible per property he paid three thousand and then he got he saved 24 on the back end wow
5: okay I know you could combine it that way. Nice. No, good yes, to know. So
8: same cause of event causes multiple claims. We just ding you once and that's it.
5: Okay. I did
7: not well, know that. That's, that's good nice. to know. Yeah. Okay. So what about um outfitting and accessories on your vehicle? Like the roof rack, like the bumpers. Do you how do you do you need to get that um Add it to your policy, you know, so that it's covered, or is it you just need to have some proof that you've had that installed? How does that stuff go?
8: So on our policies, this goes with any type of car. We automatically include twenty five hundred of accessory coverage automatically. Then, if somebody's got like a Jeep and they've done the lift kit and winch and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, and they've got five grand worth of add-ons, then we eliminate the twenty five hundred and then itemize it out. Okay
5: and then you also because i know this from experience with you if you've got a fancy rover and you've done all sorts of things to it and it's not you it's you know it's totally unique it's not like anything else out there and you know its value is i don't know just throw a number out 100 grand You've, you've got all the stuff to it. It's a hundred grand. You can go to Paul, get an appraisal on that hundred. You uh, will, you will assure it. You will insure it, I should say, for that hundred. If somebody wants to pay the policy for it, correct?
8: Correct. As long as it's not a daily driver, to where you're driving that to and from work every single day, but if it's more of a custom specialty vehicle, web, then we'll do that. I do it all the time on the jeeps.
5: Okay, that's what I figured. So again, that's one of those things where, or if you buy a really nice exotic car. Again, one of those things where you're probably not going to want to have just your regular old run-of-the-mill insurance on it, you're doing things different, you're not driving that car on a daily basis, you're going to want to insure that differently. As a case in point, I've got a couple of cars recently that I just had to go through, get reappraisals on because their values have increased, not the other way. Typically, Mm -hmm. cars go down. These two I own have actually gone up, and in turn, I've got to change some things with Paul to get that extra coverage in case I don't drive them, so it's not going to be an accident situation. But in case they get stolen or something, I want to make sure I'm covered. And you'll cover it for whatever that value
8: is. It's agreed value. So if you've got a $100,000 Corvette and it's stolen, you're going to get $100,000. We don't go to Blue Book or MSRP to determine the whatever you had on the policy, right?
5: Okay, good to know. And and again, folks, that's something different with Paul than you're going to find with, you know, I'll just name names. Geico, Allstate, a lot of these are the companies out there where they'll say, oh, yeah, we'll insure your Classic or your Exotic. Well. Get into some of that fine print and find out exactly how, because I had a situation here not that long ago where somebody actually emailed me. It's a listener. They had a really expensive four-wheel drive, kind of a one-of-a-kind deal, thought that it was insured for what its face value was. When it's all said and done, no, they're trying to run Blue Book and do all this other nonsense on it. And he was getting short at about twenty five grand when it was all said and done, and that's because he didn't have Paul. Just, yeah. just saying.
7: So uh, one question for you, Paul, um, on the appraisals, is there certain requirements on the appraiser? Because I know that there's a difference between, like, certified Great appraisers question. and non-certified appraisers.
8: It's just somebody that's going to have knowledge. Like, uh, his uncle does all my appraisals, Bill Rush.
5: But he's and he's a certified, you know, right. that type of car appraiser, if you would.
8: But if you've got, like, I used to do a lot of stuff with the Bronco Hut, and then they moved down to Arizona. They used to do a lot of the Bronco appraisals for mm-hmm. me. I don't know if you ever they were down in Castle Rock, but he used to do any type of Broncos that were. Right. Kind so of in custom. your case,
5: you—I mean, you being somebody that's a Rover expert, could you appraise a Defender ninety and its real value with all the accessories and so on? Given that you're in that world, yes, you could be that guy.
8: Yeah, they would recognize you. They as, would recognize yeah, right. you as that. Okay.
5: Now, if you're going to appraise a, you know. 1980 Ferrari maybe not because that's not what you do but you're a specialty in that world so yeah you know in your world you know a a jeep or uh you know even some of the broncos rovers that kind of stuff because of what you do would you be classified as quote-unquote experienced enough or certified to do that yes you would uh mike i want to make sure i got plenty of time with you so hang tight we'll come right back get your headlight question answered so don't go anywhere we'll be right back drive radio klz 560.
9: Home values are rising 8, 10, and 13% in some areas. Trying to buy it but keep missing? Take AIM to show you how to make sure you're at the top of the list. Don't think you have the money to cover appraisal gaps? Let us show you options. Take AIM, 720 500 Locally owned and operated since 2001. We know how to help. Rates will continue to stay low. Values will continue to increase. Take AIM, 720 500 Many have refinanced out of their 30-year mortgage and now have rates in the twos. Lower payment, shorter term, and they're saving thousands. Are you paying more than 3% on your debt? Convert those to a lower rate and keep more of your money. 720-895-0500. Self-employed and been told you don't qualify? Nonsense. There are many options. Talk to us and see why we've been helping those self-employed for years. Our customer service is unmatched in Colorado. Take AIM. 720-895-0500 where it's all about you. NMLS 298191.
4: It's that time of year we've made our resolutions for the new year, but how about for your pet? Have you made your paw resolutions? Hey, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, and now's the time to get your pet in for their annual physical. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they'll take a close look at your pet and compare findings with those of previous visits. Or if it's your first visit, this will get your new friend off on the right paw to a happy and healthy life. At these wellness exams, it's your opportunity to report on anything out of the ordinary that you may have noticed with your pet. Bringing your pet in for regular wellness exams and annual physicals can ward off serious illness and help to avoid those high medical bills later. Yes. Your pet is depending on you this year to help them keep their paw solution. Regular checkups and annual physicals at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. You can also check out their great blogs at LoneTreeVet.com.
5: Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com. All right, we're back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Again, Jeff Corwin, J.C.'s British and 4x4 are with us. Paul Lewinberger as well from American National Insurance. Jeff said something during the break, which I think is really key. I'm going to repeat. Watch for the asterisks on all these policies, folks. Normally that's a little, hey, but. So watch the asterisks even in your own policies to make sure that you're following along correctly and that you're not just reading a highlighted or a advertisement that says X without reading all of that. Fine print that can go along. Well, I was with that. just
8: going to say this too. Talking about values, watch out for stated value versus agreed, because a lot of companies do stated, stated and it's is like, different. Well, I don't need an appraisal; I can do it easy with with State Farm for stated value, and it's like, well, yeah, they'll let you insure it for a hundred thousand, but if there's a loss, they will tell you what the value yeah, it's is. It's their
5: stated value, not yes, yours. That's correct. right. Mike and Aurora, you're up, sir.
0: Yeah, um, I had a question for you about my HID lights. I guess it's about two nights ago. Less than a minute after I turned them on, the pass uh, the driver's side headlight changed changes color and stays there. Any ideas?
7: A couple ideas there. We have our
5: HID expert here today, by the way, (laughs) which is Jeff, and I mean that sincerely. He is this guy, so we got the right guy here today, Mike, for you.
7: So HID is, you know, it's a high intensity discharge, there's a gas inside the bulb. Um, So it as the temperature inside the bulb changes, the color of the output will change to some extent. Uh, Same thing goes for kind of the arc that that's created in there Um, can change those things. And you know the, all those bulbs all those systems they do degrade over time they do change over time so one of the biggest things we'll see in all, in in the shop is a single side is out you replace the one bulb and all of a sudden the two sides are dramatically different. Um, oh they'll match in color or intensity. Cuz they're not matching color okay. intensity. Okay. So definitely HID systems you know just as a as a recommendation change them in pairs even if only one's gone out. Um you know the the bulb is typically separate from the igniter. Um, what they call the high you know high energy discharge unit Um, and so either side of that equation can fail and also on that front if the igniter senses a problem in the circuit there are some that will actually the bulb will turn on initially and then the the bulb will shut back off because the igniter is seeing something going effectively seeing something going on and will shut down rather than potentially cause damage to itself so a couple different things to look for on those systems but um, color change is basically due to the temperature inside the bulb, um, for the inert gases.
0: Okay. And so that could be, uh,
10: just, uh, something as simple as outdoor temperatures.
7: It can play into it a little bit, I think. Um, although the temperatures that the, that the bulb is creating or going through in its life of, from starting up when it's, you know, ambient temperature cold, whatever that is, through its operating mm-hmm. temperatures is probably the bigger change of things. Um, what might also be playing into effect if for any reason uh I guess the seal inside that bulb is changed, and the amount of inert gas is changing inside the bulb, or even worse it's basically vented out and it's now doesn't have an inert gas in there um, you get got some oxygen in there, oxygen inside that bulb it's definitely going to change the color and burn that bulb out quicker
11: so the
5: uh, summing up summing. In it up uh simply it's it's going bad most likely yeah. yeah I would think so and one thing i should also note for everybody because i would be wrong if i didn't unless your vehicle came with hid lights in it they are actually technically illegal to put into any vehicle as an aftermarket accessory now how many times does that get checked and how many times do you get a ticket probably rarely but given that we're on radio and we're talking about these things i should probably add that little disclaimer yeah, these these are original.
0: So
7: it uh, it screws in like a regular halogen 9000 series bulb in back. That'll depend on the type of HID. Yeah, what, am I there's gonna remember what you're, def- you're
5: driving? What is it? It's a 2008 Lexus.
7: Yeah, there's a couple different series of of HID bulbs. Um, each one, you know, is probably I don't know three to five different designs that I'm aware of. Um, And it'll it'll change, you know, where the igniter's located, Mm -hmm. how the bulb attaches inside the housing. Um, And same kind of scenario, whenever you're changing these bulbs out, whether it's an old halogen bulb, an HID, anything, make sure to never touch the bulb, the actual glass of the bulb with your bare hands. Right. Any dirt, any debris, especially the oils on your finger... Will dramatically change basically uh, the temperatures on the bulb. It can cause thermal shock and crack the glass. Wipe them off with of
5: alcohol if you do touch them on accident. Yep. Before mm-hmm. you turn them on, and and the igniters are separate from yes. uh, everything else.
7: Typically, completely separate.
5: Um, they may be physically attached. Not in this case. I just looked up the bulb, okay. so it's not. So yeah, this is a direct plug-in, uh, just like what a nine thousand seven or something would be, Mike. And the igniter, to Jeff's point, is a separate. Item that you would have to replace independently if you needed to. Yep. So that's a nice thing about so that. We'll, when they did a good job on that.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the left and right have separate igniters. Uh, yes. yes, they will be separate. Yes. Each
7: each HID, each HID bulb has its own igniter. Um, so whether the igniter is hmm. attached directly to the bulb or whether it's off to the side with a little. Cable, well, I can't really say for and, sure. Well,
5: and think about it this way, Mike. You know, don't use as many of these as we used to because things have gone over to LEDs now. But in a lot of the old warehouses and even shops, they used to use an, uh, an HID lamp or a metal halide uh, light, if you would. Uh, some of them were sodium. But they all had a big igniter per bulb. It's a similar concept to what those were. Think of it that way. Yeah, so uh, getting to is probably going to maybe be the hardest thing. <laughs> Well, and you know, back to Jeff's point, if you replace one, and those aren't cheap bulbs, by the way, a genuine, you know, Toyota bulbs probably ninety to a hundred bucks for that. But I would do both uh, sides. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, great. Yeah, that uh, that answers all my questions.
2: No, that's great.
5: That, and by the way, great question, especially this time of the year, because uh, uh, you know. We're using lights longer right now because of our shorter daylight days. And, yeah, and I, guess I just want to make sure I threw that in there. We get a lot of questions on, you know, upgraded headlamps and things along those lines. And, again, I'm, I'm not against any of that, by the way. In fact, I'm one of those guys that probably would make those changes. But, technically, it's not a legal change if the vehicle didn't have HIDs in it originally. Same can be said, by the way, for LEDs. In fact, I think, I'd have to check this, but I think all LEDs are illegal, Period. I believe. I'll have to do some I checking haven't, I on haven't that. Looked into I, I, was, I was reading this the other day just because of there was a big article that came out talking about how the U.S. is so far behind in approving good lighting technology that literally is around the world and really works well, but we're behind here in the U.S. with, you know, Department of Transportation approvals and so on. But I, I will look it up through the break, but I'm almost positive all LEDs are quote-unquote illegal. Is, that is dumb it's really
7: dumb. but i will say i mean the quality of whatever you're installing is a huge oh, factor oh, dramatic you know, factor i was really looking at that thought it. we should talk about oh, that yeah you know, absolutely. let's
5: take because that's a big that's a big discussion it is let's 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 come back talk about that 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 um i know where jeff's going i want to make sure we get plenty of time for that if you got a question by the way lighting insurance anything along those lines give us a call 303 477-5600 we'll be right back though this is drive radio klz 560
1: Back when he had one service van and no money, Lewis knew he had one shot at success. Happy customers. A lot of HVAC companies offer what Lewis likes to call the taillight guarantee, meaning once you watch them drive away, you're not getting any more help. Even before Absolute became an HVAC company, back when they only offered electrical services, Lewis made a different kind of promise. From the call to your care, we'll be there 24-7. To this day, you can ask anyone at Absolute about their top priority as a company, and they will start talking about customer service. Lewis never lost sight of that one key to success as he continued to add new services. Even now that Absolute offers boiler services, a famously hard-to-find skill set known for unresponsive technicians, Lewis only hires people who commit to their customers long-term. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will come back long after their taillights disappear. Schedule an appointment 24 hours a day, 365 days a year at AbsoluteFix.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air.
5: Winter is here and we've seen snow, high winds, and fires. You need to make sure your vehicle is ready for whatever Mother Nature throws at you. Let Extreme Auto Repair get you ready for anything that may come your way. With supply chain issues affecting everything we purchase, make sure you don't delay in getting whatever you need for your car or truck done before it's too late. They service all makes and models of vehicles and they specialize in diesel repair. Don't forget they also sell tires and Cooper tires are at their cost. Don't be that person who waits until the last minute to get their vehicle ready get into extreme auto repair now find them at drive-radio.com that's drive-radio.com or call 303-841-1071 that's extreme auto repair
3: if your engine doesn't leak oil but you have to add to it between oil changes where does the oil go
6: GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162.
5: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Paul Lewinberger from American National Insurance, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4. We're going to talk about LED lights in a moment. We'll take Eric's call first, but I did look up just to make sure that I was correct. LED lights are not illegal except where the headlight is concerned. You may run LEDs and unregulated auxiliary lights. However, when it comes to the lights that work as your main forward illumination in the U.S., they must remain seal-beamed, HID, or replaceable halogen bulbs in a housing as fitted from the factory. So we'll talk about LED lights and the quality difference in a moment with Jeff. Eric, you're up, sir. Hey guys. So I actually called you about this a couple of years ago, and at the time it was so intermittent
0: that I didn't really worry about it. Okay. Um, 2015 Nissan Frontier. I've got the dual zone climate control. Okay. So when it first started, about two, about a year and a half ago, I guess it was, when you would have it on auto and on AC. Normally on AC, it would come out of the four vents that face you um but all of a sudden it started coming out of just the two outboard vents and the foot vent um and if i would take and manually cycle uh the different vent settings um and then go back to auto it would work fine um like i say the summer of 2020 when it first started doing this it did it literally maybe four times that entire summer and i was like okay well whatever i'll worry about it down the road right that went, uh, last winter, never an issue. Uh, last summer, maybe two or three times again, it did it on AC. Now, when it's on auto and on heat, it's only supposed to come out of the foot vents, you know, by my feet and the vents that come out underneath my feet or the front seats. However, right now I've got it on auto and it's according to the vent light up. It says foot. However, it's coming out of every single vent. Hmm. Um, could it be possibly that just my heater controls are have gone bye bye? Because if I cycle it, it doesn't make a difference.
5: Hard to say, and the reason I say that is because you know that's going to have mode and you know blend door functionality. And I don't remember on that frontier exactly how many doors it has. Some of these some of these late model vehicles will have, gosh, what Jeff, three four doors depending upon. The yeah, setup that definitely. that's going to have to be diagnosed and find out exactly, Eric, what door is not moving and why.
7: Yeah, okay. and they'll, they'll well, typically be stuff one with the factory scan tools. Usually, get to see what's you know which which ones are moving. Some of the systems will have a um the scan tool will have a calibration function so that it makes sure that the door goes through its full range of motion. Um, I've dealt with that yeah. with yeah. a couple of cars in the past.
0: Yeah, because the uh, the the one the mode door actuator. There's one that's right above the gas pedal and it's, they rated it at like 40 minutes to R&R it. Um, however, the other two are $2,100 to replace because the whole dash has to come out. And of course, you know, everybody quotes that at about 10 hours uh, labor on it. Um, and as I just found out the other day, if it is the main controls, they are on indefinite nationwide backorder. Hmm. Well, and that kind of tells you what's
5: probably (coughs) not saying that's what it is, but that's typically an indicator of a part that is very common right now in need.
0: Well, and I found there's a guy that I deal with on some of the forums that he searches out wrecked trucks in his area. He's in the southeastern part of the U.S. And he will cannibalize common parts. And then, you know, he resells them. Mm -hmm. Uh, He'll check them out as best as he can. And, you know, the OEM is five hundred and seventy dollars and he's like you know he said i'll sell you this for 150 he said if it if it turns out not to be the problem you know i'll refund you your money just you know re, you know turn it back you know send yep. it back to me so i'm contemplating just going that route and doing a self-diagnosis because obviously any shop i take it into you know
5: we're going to start at a hundred dollars an hour for you know, for diagnosis hundred's cheap nowadays by the way yeah you're telling me. Um and if I'm consulting, had- if I'm consulting them, it better be much higher than that, or they're not going to stay in business. Just between you and me.
0: Well, I just had, you know, kind of an aside to that. We just had to have one of our semis worked on out of in uh, Oregon. The, he broke the driver broke down on the road and had to have it in there, and it was two hundred and
5: seventy-five dollars an hour. Yeah.
0: For four and a half hours yeah. of diagnosis
5: yeah. before they came back and found yep. a $90 part that yep. had failed. I mean, the realist, the reality in the automotive world, and we're not there yet, but I'm one of those guys that would tell you that in the automotive world, it, you know, every shop should be having a goal to get to $200 an hour in the next couple of years, because if they don't, they won't be able to handle the cost that it takes to run a shop, and they won't stay in business, Eric. That's yeah. where we're headed. You know, I
0: mean, when, 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 we had our, when, when my wife had her Audi, and of course, I mean, that's been eight years since it, it's we got rid of our nine years and uh in fact it's the memory of it just showed up on facebook the other day uh, from when she totaled it hmm. but anyhow uh that was the first time i had ever encountered 150 dollars an hour labor at an independent shop yep. and that was like in 2011
5: yep and, and those guys and now, are now in that upper range and you know cl- approaching 200 if not over in most independents if they're not Honestly, even the baseline right now, Eric, is in the industry. If you're not 100 and a quarter as a baseline, even uh, you're you're not gonna stay in business, and you really need to be 150 or above to even stay profitable. I'm not exaggerating.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I believe me. I I, I know
5: it's yeah.
0: But yeah, I think I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna order that part from him and swap it out think about it i've had to dash so if he'll, if he'll
5: return support. it you're not out anything other than your labor so we're trying is there yeah, any kind of yeah,
7: self-diagnostics I mean, on that system um i've looked and there really isn't um there's one there was a youtube
0: video i found um from sh- some shop that showed doing a diagnosis on this using um a multimeter and you mm-hmm. have to take everything apart and take the, pl- the pins partially apart um, in order to do it. Right,
7: right, And you know, pinpoint testing. They, yeah.
0: yeah, and the customer, uh, they even comment the customer seemed to be reporting the same issue that I appear to be having, and so that's kind of part of what's leading me to this diagnosis, but also about a year and a half ago when I had called uh, called in and was asking guys about this, John, you had kind of suggested the same thing then um, when, I, when I was having the problem with the AC. Because you
5: had said mm-hmm. it sounded like such and such, because yep. you said that's like a $600 part. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so, and it's a time like that. I mean, if this, kind of me, like, this guy will sell it to you and take it back, if it doesn't work, you're not out anything other than some time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he'll he'll ship it to me from yeah. where he's at in Georgia. Go and, for it. You know. Yeah. So All right.
5: I think Go I'm going to do that and then work from there. Thank you. Okay, guys. Eric. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. Mike in Florida, hang tight. I want to make sure we get Jeff to follow up on the LED side of it before we continue on or we'll get to something else and we'll never get there. So talk about the quality differences in the aftermarket LED end of things.
7: Well, it's just it's massive and it's all across the board right there. I mean, there's plenty of top tier aftermarket suppliers and manufacturers. They do exist and sometimes they'll be above and beyond what the manufacturers you know, have from the dealership level. It all depends on the quality and Mm -hmm. the output and the details that you're looking for. But one thing I've recognized is, you know, I mean, the rule of thumb "you get what you pay for" is pretty darn accurate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and by the way, there's a huge range, unbelievable. I range. mean, you
5: can get all the way down into the low twenties up to the two hundred dollar range when it comes to LEDs. Am I right?
7: Oh, easily, easily. That's and, that I mean, big that, of a spread, and, and it's just on the bulb that you're. Basically yeah, we're, we're not talking
5: about. a five dollar spread, guys. Right. There's hundreds of dollars yeah. of spread here,
7: and there's lots of different reasons for it but one thing that i look for is you know especially like if you're doing different replacement housings you know the the making sure that you have a beam pattern for your headlights that is you know not just friendly and and gives you great light output but also isn't blinding other drivers which
5: if it's doing what it's supposed to it does both of those correct that's what people don't understand not you want to not blind drivers because if you don't, your light is doing what it needs to in front of you, and you're seeing better. Right. That's right. how it's supposed to work. That's why you – in for those of you maybe that don't know this, the way to check that is, you know, pull up to a wall or a garage door or whatever. You have a nice, flat beam. Literally, you could put a ruler across it if you wanted to. That's what you want. If you have diffusion out of that at all, that's not what we want, yeah. especially when you're driving in snow, fog, things like that. We want that nice, flat line to cut under. Whatever's in front of us, i.e., snow, fog, and so on. Correct. Correct. So that's the best way to say that. All right, yeah. let's talk fuel in a moment here with Mike. Mike, go ahead, sir.
11: Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call. I'm uh I'm originally from Colorado Springs. We just had to move here because my wife. Uh, You're in Florida, right? She a, well, yeah, she had a pulmonary problem. She couldn't breathe in Colorado no more.
5: Well, no, it's, it's a little it's warmer really... where you are now, Mike. So good for you.
11: It's it's, it's going to rain a lot today. We're down. We're, we're like closer to pensacola florida is oh, where yeah. we're located
5: oh yeah i know where that is anyway, you bet
11: we, okay what, what it is i own it Hyundai tucson and i know that i've been hearing i've been hearing you every week here because it's a great show well, thank but, you uh and you're uh, and you're saying that you use the epr and the uh moa and all yes. that stuff
5: yes okay. especially on that car yes definitely
11: I, and i and i found a a uh, napa autos car center so what I do when I buy the CPR, I put it in the i just put it in and it's like ten minutes away and then they change the oil and perfect then i'll put the and I'll put the m o a the oil stuff in there after they get done
5: that's fine yeah you can do that that's perfect
11: okay and then 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 I, a couple weeks ago you was talking about the top tier gas yes okay I went on their website and uh you know like I'll give you an example down here in Florida they got a bunch of sh- they say Shell is a top tier.
5: Yes, it is. And, mm-hmm. That's and, correct.
11: And mobile. Okay, so I, I I go to these gas stations here, and on the pump in Colorado, it says top tier on. You know, they got a little sticker. Right. But down here, but down here, they don't got any of that. Really. They don't got anything on there. No, no I just don't know. I don't know if I believe like Shell. Do I just believe what they? Uh,
5: well, you know, I can tell you right, right now, all like- of Shell across the board, coast to coast, is going to be top tier. Uh, and, and, yeah, you're not going to have any issues. So is mobile. You're not going to have any issues with those two. Where you start running into some issues is, you know, some of the off-brands or there's a local station, you know, around here. You know, you remember, we used to have the Shamrocks here, Mike. No, our Shamrocks yeah. here are not top-tier. So that's the kind of stuff that even in your area you'll have to look at.
11: Okay, yeah, because the only, really, the only, beach, you know, they have a Sam's Club, you know, and and, and I know they don't got top-tier. No, I'm not sure Costco does,
5: them. but but Sam's does not. Yeah, so...
11: All right, well, I'll just stick with the shell and, uh,
5: yeah. All if that, it's convenient and just... it's close to you and you're good that way, yeah, you should be fine. No issues there at all, Mike. Oh,
11: yeah, yeah. And, then, and like you said, it's only like 20 more cents a gallon, for. but, but like you're saying, you'll it's save long it in run. the end. Yeah, exactly. That's why I want to try so, to do So,
5: what actual city are you in, Mike? We're in Fort Walton Beach. Okay, yeah, I know right where that is. Yeah, exactly. I've been through there yeah. before, many times. Yeah, good stuff. Okay,
11: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, the sand is as white as the snow is. Yes, it is. It is.
5: That's the Emerald Coast there. That's 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 a great area, Mike.
11: Yeah, oh, no, it's great, yeah. Good that's for right. you. Yeah I, said, yeah, I said if I had to go somewhere where sea level... Uh, no, you like did well. More. Good
5: for you. Good job, sir. All right, thank you. Thanks, hey, thanks for listening, for Mike. I, I appreciate it. Keep listening, and he knows how, so I don't have to tell him that. If you guys are listening, though, and you're, you're traveling through or uh, you're in another area, we have a couple of ways you can do that. You can go right to the website, drive-radio.com, or klzradio.com and listen live that way or we have an app also klz radio is the app you can download that on your phone and whatever's playing at whatever time of the day is what you'll hear and then of course if you miss anything as you guys all know you can go to the website drive-radio.com and listen to all of the podcasts they're all linked up there and that makes it easy as well but mike thanks for listening all the way in florida and appreciate you being faithful. And tell her, tell others down there to listen to us as well. We would appreciate that. Guys, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof the problem with that mentality is it's wrong do you know that roof max is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years
4: dot com
5: classic car insurance is not created equal some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all and if they do it's most likely not the right coverage if you have an accident or theft do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year Paul Lewenberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you Chrome stands for classic antique or modern classic hot rod or street rod replica or kit car original unrestored modified or custom exotic rare or unique and in excess of hundred thousand dollars in appraised value don't insure your special car with anyone else get the best coverage at the best price by calling paul today 303-662-0789 or find him on our website drive-radio.com that's drive-radio.com All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Paul Lewinberger from American National Insurance with me. You've got an insurance question, by the way. Give us a call. I'm going to talk about some rental car stuff here in a moment as well. Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with us also. Jerry and Greeley, you're next, though. Go ahead, sir.
10: John, a few shows ago I thought I heard you um, reference that it, it might be necessary to use different testers for different types of coolant.
5: Yeah, the, the bubble testers for the new coolant are... Ineffective. They don't work. Yeah.
10: Okay. And so what's what's to be used?
7: Um, best type is the optical testers, refractometer. Refractometer. Thank yep. you for the right word. Um, and they'll give you a chart to calibrate it for the type of coolant that you're using. Yep. Um, really, or, really and some nice some of the tester. test strips. You know,
5: if you if you're do it yourself at home, you don't want to spend that money because they yep. could be a couple hundred bucks if you get
7: if you get a nice, get a nice one, one absolutely yeah. yeah there's there are t- and you test, can trips test trips. and that's super that's like doing the it's just like, like you a use pool. on your hot tub that's right yeah exactly and and they work fine jerry it's just
5: you know again are are they as accurate as a refractometer no they're not but will they give you a general idea of where you're at yeah definitely they will
10: I, I guess i had the wrong idea i thought the hydrometers would give you the freeze point and the boil point and that the pH strips were to tell you if the corrosion inhibitors were were shot or not?
5: Uh, Some of the test strips will tell you everything, even how how good the coolant still is.
10: Okay. Um, And then I thought I'd heard you mention a trick some time ago about using a voltmeter. Yeah,
5: you can still do that to see if there's any kind of electrolysis in the coolant, because all cooling systems will build electrolysis over time, and that's where the corrosion essentially comes from. Yeah, you just do that with a With a multimeter, and you put one end in the coolant, and the other end on the positive cable,
10: and see what it says. Okay. Easy enough. So if I get the right test strips, it'll give me freeze point, boil point. It it does, and
5: again, there there are better, you know, there are better freeze strips. I'm not saying that right. There are better test strips. What I'm trying to say, better test strips than others. Okay. And and by the way, Napa used to sell these. In fact. We got the local stores here to sell them because originally you had to buy a set of 50 which very few homeowners need 50 test strips uh, and by the way they will go bad after time as well something else I should make note of so you don't really want to buy 50 because you'll never use all all 50 of those and they will you know they'll collect moisture and go bad over time so you, you really only need you know 10 10 15 or so Jerry if you really want to get down to it.
10: Okay. Well, is there an era where the uh, the old specific gravity units won't? Well, for the
5: green coolant, the old green coolant, they work fine. But these new, you know, there's there's Oat and all sorts of other names for the newer coolants, and there's all different colors, and it's a different chemistry. It's probably the best way, Jeff, I guess, for me to say that on the new coolants. It's a different chemistry of coolant, and that's why those old bubble testers won't work on anything but the old green coolant.
10: Okay. Can I throw in a quick question for Paul? Sure. Go ahead. You bet. I, I, he may have addressed this but I was I was distracted earlier but um personal property uh, stolen out of a vehicle or, is that covered by the um uh, homeowner's insurance or, or by a, the vehicle's insurance? So
8: that's going <clears throat> that's going to be covered under the homeowner's. Anything factory installed is the auto insurance and anything not is the homeowner's like laptops, Christmas presents, clothes, skis, snowboards. Anything loose. Yep. Okay
10: great well thank
8: you gentlemen
5: you're welcome jerry as always i appreciate it and yes um when it comes to testing coolant we did talk about that a few weeks ago uh, i think where some can some do-it-yourselfers can get into trouble is they've got the old bubble you know coolant tester kicking around the shop and it's been in the toolbox forever so they go take a, a newer car and by the way i say newer uh we've been using newer type coolants now jeff for
7: 20 plus years
5: yeah so i i say newer um, most everything on the road today has newer coolant in it where that old tester is not going to be a reliable source of what's going on freeze point or, or anything as far as that goes. Yeah. And, and the here's the good side of that, by the way. Those old testers used to say that only. They'd give you what, you know, I got to remember being a kid, you'd, you know, Part of an oil change you always check to see what the freeze point of the coolant was did it need changed or whatever and that was all fine and dandy. keep in mind this was back in an era where water pumps were replaced every fifty thousand miles because they didn't last any longer than that so you were doing a coolant flush essentially about every four or five years anyway so it really wasn't as big of a deal doing coolant flushes even back then wasn't that big of a deal as we got longer between those intervals on some mm-hmm. of those parts that's when we started to see the need for doing coolant services and things along those lines. Well, now, again, with the advent of all of this newer technology, where we're using aluminum radiators. We've now got sometimes aluminum heads on a cast iron block or aluminum heads on aluminum block. And all these different metals, if you would, that are inside, that's where the different, the different chemicals for coolant came to be and why they started using a different compound. Make sure I'm mm-hmm. saying all this correctly. A different compound of coolant, Jeff, for all the things that I'm talking about. Because they learned early on that some of that didn't mix very well. And we learned that through just trial and error back right. in the day. And that's why you also cannot... My point being, back in the day, we were just checking to see what the freeze point was. That was all fine and dandy, but you weren't learning anything else. What was the electrolysis buildup? What was the pH level? You know, What were all these other things in the coolant doing? We never checked. You didn't have to back then, Jeff. But right. today... You want to know all of that because it's all contributing to how well that coolant is working. It's
7: amazing the number of things we used to deal with, right? Like the the ECD, electrochemical degradation of the coolant hoses is pretty much a non thing right. these days. Right. Um, you know, the the just the buildups and the breakdowns and the debris that built up in the cooling, especially with the old cast iron blocks, you always have, you know, Aren't rust there as much debris. as it used to be. So rare these days. I mean, so right. the, the industry and in the mechanical engineering is advanced a ton. It's really impressive. The flip side is, it's still not, not it's still not maintenance free. It's still not maintenance free, and in the end, because of the longer intervals, and those re- and, the, and the engineering and the plastics in the cars, these repairs just flat out cost more than right. they did, you know, That's a couple right. decades ago. Good way of
5: saying it. Randy and Lyman, you're next, sir.
2: Hey, John. Uh, I had a question for you. Uh, I was over here in Burlington, and my battery, which is only about a year old, three-year AMG Platinum amd platinum battery uh it went flat line so i went to the uh o'reilly they uh they checked it and they said that the voltage regulator failed so on my particular make and model of 99g cherokee is the voltage regulator separate or is internal it the alternator?
5: no it's internal it's a gm style alternator it's internal
2: okay so by me getting the alternator i fixed the problem
5: well, I mean, if you're savvy enough, you back in the old days, we'd take those apart, put everything back in it, put a regulator in it, yeah. brushes and so on, rebuild it, and away we go. Back to Jeff's point a moment ago, in today's world, no, you just put an all on. Yeah, yeah I,
2: I remember I used to take starters and alternators yep. from my old mechanic. And we don't do that, that anymore. Rebuild it's right. amazing but, that there are still
7: uh, rebuilders around town, but they're they out yeah. there.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, by having the alternator replaced, I should have took care of the problem? Yes, it will. Okay. Uh, by the way, I was in there. there was a, it was a tire. It's the only place out of four or five shops you could get me in. But anyway, I went into a tire shop. It was an, an auto service place here in Burlington, and uh, a guy came in with a half a box of uh, MOA BG products. Oh. And I usually talk to you if I see somebody with a car. You know, we're chit-chatting. Your your name and station always come up. If I just see somebody with some trouble, your name comes up. I nice. just you know I don't get any count of any brownie points for that, but I do that. If I'm going well, to a in the coffee, we appreciate you
5: talk,
2: your name comes up and your show comes up and your time and your phone number and everything
5: comes up. Well, thank out. you. But anyway,
2: so I started talking with this guy about that. He said he knew you. He said he worked with you. He said he went to school with you. Oh, really? Uh, I asked him what his name was. Uh, he said Rob, so either Rob or Robert. And apparently, from what I gather, you know, he had a company van and he delivers VG products to maybe other all, all right Nice, sell fabulous. I, I don't know. I don't know if he, I didn't ask him for his last name or
5: anything. And uh, and of course, I need that to know. But that's okay. I mean, I've known know a lot of guys over the years. But no, that's fabulous. Yeah, that's so, awesome, well, Randy. He
2: said he worked with you. He said he, okay. he he went to school with you. And I was like, really, seriously? Well, nice. I mean, I, that was pretty neat. All righty. So, yeah, you know, your name comes up every time because I. I just love well, thank guys, you and I just I just spread your I spread your name around. Well, I appreciate I don't that like Randy I no, really that, do but.
5: we do thank you I do okay. appreciate that 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 uh, not, thanks Randy that helps us helps Jeff as a sponsor helps Paul as a sponsor yeah the more of that you do Randy and, and others like that uh, no we we really do I, I mean that sincerely appreciate it very very much that's very honorable that you guys do that for us and just shows you the following that we have and how loyal all of you are and yes we I know on behalf of me Jeff. Paul, all the others that helped make this show happen on a weekly basis, they would all say the same thing. So, yes, thank you. All right, before the top of the hour, this is something that all of us, well, not all, but most go through at one point or another. Even some when it comes to getting their own car fixed, and that is, Paul, rental cars. Always wives' tales and misconceptions on how insurance works on rental cars. Most decline, some accept, all of the rental car insurance policies that they hand you at the counter which by the way i think is a way way for them to make a lot of additional dollars how does that actually work and what should people be doing at the counter when it comes to that insurance that they're offering
8: well you don't need to worry about buying extra stuff i mean i never do now if you had one car that you had insured with whoever and it's liability only then you always need to buy the insurance because okay. your coverage will extend to what you're renting. Because
5: you have no comp or collision at that point, right? Correct. So okay. if you've
8: got $1,000 deductible on your truck, you rent a car, you're going to have a $1,000 deductible on that rental. Okay. Some people buy the extra just because they don't want to have to deal with having a claim on their insurance. I've never paid extra for it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy, too. Am I gambling by doing that? Well, you're gambling when you drive your car, too. Well, that's true, too. Good point. I mean, so if...
7: We had... Um, we had a caller a couple months back that talked about he rented a car didn't get the extra insurance oh that's right right yes turned it in turned it in and it was like a couple weeks or a Two month weeks later, later they claimed that he damaged the vehicle the underside
5: couldn't see on, it nothing external all underside damage yep. that wow. when they went to change the oil they found blamed on him because he was the last quote unquote last renter and then all the insurance companies had to get involved, and all that it was yeah. a real pain in the neck. It was like five grand worth of damage.
7: Wow! Yeah, I, and there was there was there was a fight on that. I don't remember how his insurance company handled I don't it. Either. I have a I I don't remember, I don't remember, the remember the outside either. of it, but it was a mess. All
5: right, guys, we'll take a break. We're gonna come back. Paul's gonna be here till noon. If you got a question for him, I've got one that got emailed in, by the way, Frank. I'll get that answered for you in just one moment with Paul. So don't go anywhere. Myself, Jeff Corwin, also with us. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty.